You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome to Green Dean. This is our first show in the first weekend of Ramadan and we welcome you all. Now, um, this is completely new to me uh, and my team and when I was asked to do it, I thought, okay, I can totally do this and then I started totally panicking. And um, Alhamdulillah, Radio Ramadan has been such a fantastic organisation. I have got a brilliant team of researchers, which is Farah, Salma and uh, Mariam, um, who have all been learning loads researching this topic. And the more and more we kind of got back into it, I realised this is what I'm passionate about and then why am I nervous now. Let's kick start the show. Um, we have some wonderful guests here um, for you today. Um, and what we're going to explore today is... What is Green Dean? And is our Dean even green? Um, and why is there a whole um, show dedicated to it? So we have on air today Sister Tanzila Majid. We have um, Sheikh Abdulaziz in the studio. And we also have um, dialing in Sheikh Amr Jamil and Brother Shazad, um, and Brother Kamran Shazad. So we will start off with ladies and Sister Tanzila Majid, if you could give us an introduction about yourself and also why you agreed to come on. Asalaamu Alaikum everyone. Um, well, as Shukufta said, I'm Tanzila and I've really just been involved in a couple of CCF projects over the past few years. Um, really opened my eyes to actually what climate change is all about, what my effect, what effect I'm leaving on the earth essentially, and how can I, my journey on this eco-friendly kind of lifestyle, which I have to say is not... Um, perhaps where it should be but definitely started on it alhamdulillah so that's that's why i'm on just going to give that community member input into the, the discussion inshallah Brilliant. And just for anybody that know, doesn't know what um, CCF is, it's a um, climate challenge fund. So it's a funding portal from Scottish government that's focusing on a lot of projects around Scotland um, around climate change. So we'll move on to um, Sheikh Abdulaziz. Um, I'm just a teacher and, <laughs> and I love the planet. Brilliant. Okay. You know, you're known as the um, tree-hugging Sheikh from what I understand. How did you manage to get such a, a name? Um... I don't know, I've got a lot of names, that might be one, <laughs> that might be one of them. But um, certainly the, the, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, um, is known to have uh, hugged trees. And uh, this was this was an insult that was thrown at me once of being a tree-hugging hippie. Uh, and I turned around and says, well, actually, I'm following the sunnah by doing that. So I turned the insult into a, a compliment and uh, somehow uh, that stuck with me. Brilliant. There is actually a, a beautiful narration that I've heard when the Prophet ﷺ used to do khutbah, he used to stand next to a specific tree and then the companions built him a pulpit. And the first day he did a sermon on that pulpit, um, he could hear the tree crying and he went up and exactly like you said, he went up and he hugged the tree and he consoled uh, the tree like a mother would a child. Um, and, you know, that hadith was absolutely beautiful. And I've had that same accolade thrown at me. And you know what? I take it with pride now. Um, so moving on, we have um, Sheikh Hammer on the phone. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Sheikh Hamid, would you like to just give us a little introduction about yourself and why you agreed to come on the show? Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. So, alhamdulillah, I've been uh, teaching Islamic sciences in Glasgow for a number of years and also kind of um, marriage kind of counselling as well. And uh, the reason I'm probably on this show is just. Um, because you asked me, <laughs> and um, when you asked me about the topic, um, it's a topic I've not talked about on the on the radio before. But I, re- I remembered uh, one of my teachers, Sheikh Mawl Izzadeen, um, who's a lecturer in the University of Wales, and he actually wrote a whole book 
explained the importance of it, so it kind of reminded me of that time, and I thought, you know, this is a, this is a very important topic to be talking about. Brilliant. I'm really glad um, that you think that way, and um, we'll hopefully um, encourage you to put some of those teachings into the iSyllabus course. Is Let's start off with a really simple question then. So, in your opinion, is our Dean Green? Zanzila? Sister Zanzila? Uh, I think so, absolutely. Uh, don't, I think that there's no doubt about that for me. When I first kind of started to get introduced to the, you know, I was involved in the climate change um, fund. Um, I realised that this is so much of this is already in our dean. That's why it kind of connected with me so well. It was like, well, if you're learning about growing or you're learning about just not wastage or anything like that, it really just connected with what I already knew about Ardeen. So for me, yes, definitely Ardeen is green, for sure. And, and what are some of the things that um, that you learn about um, Ardeen from those workshops, etc., that made you kind of realise that they were? Well, I think one of the things um, I remember that, that there was there was something about kind of you know uh, reuse and refuse and all of this recycle, and I, I kind of heard about that and you know we heard about recycling through our council and everything else and there's a, there's kind of a drive doing that um, in, in the in, through the council kind of waste bins and things like that, but then I remember somebody said well before all of that comes refuse. And when somebody said that, it kind of really hit home as to, yes, you know, you can recycle, you can reuse things, you can do all of those things. But before that is to actually refuse, and that was a big thing in my mind, because we live in this world just of complete consumerism. Everything's all about, you know, buy this, buy that, you must consume this, consume that. But when somebody said, well, actually, you can refuse first, and that's that's the first thing to do, it made so much sense. You don't buy what you don't need. You don't go for what you don't need. And that is, I think, a, a basic in our theme. You know, the resources that Allah's given us, the risk Allah's given us is there to be used in a beneficial way, and to waste it is, is definitely going against that. Um, brilliant. And Sheikh Hammer, it'd be really interesting to see, hear some of those thoughts from the, the book that your teacher wrote. Yes, yeah, so, um, he, I think uh, he... I think it might be in Arabic called al- al- Islam al Bia, Bia's environment, and then he wrote it in English. But the only problem was it's uh, an academic book, so it was eighty-five pounds. So <laughs> I never bought it. Oh no! <laughs> I was going to ask to borrow it from you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it in my price range? Um, but I think um, he he mentions a um, number of verses in the Quran, which we probably all recite and um, read over, but don't really stop and ponder over. Probably. Um, the greatest one is in uh, that we are making in the, when Allah SWT tells the angels that we're going to make um, a representative on the earth uh, which is obviously mankind so in other words it's almost as if Allah SWT has put man on this earth um, as his representative, as his khalifa and he has then responsibility for uh, not just mankind but he has responsibility for um, everything on the planet as well. Um, so he mentions a number of of, of verses. He mentions uh, a number of um, hadith, which um, I mean, Tanzila's kind of talked about not being wasteful. Uh, some are indicating um, not being wasteful. Others are talking about the merit of say, planting trees. Um, others are talking about the importance of just uh, keeping um, uh, you know, your pathways clean and so on. Um, and then he even mentions um, like about animals, like uh, how the Prophet ﷺ warned about mistreating um, animals. Is one hadith that talks about not killing an animal with a proper cause. Um, so obviously, if it's to um, slaughter the animal to eat it, it's fine.
benefit from it, but not just to take it as a sport or take it as, like, um, you know, as you get animals getting uh, used for sports and things like that. So he mentions a number of uh, verses um, and also mentions a number of hadith. Um, and then when you, when you put them together like that and read it, I think it becomes very obvious that um, uh, the deen is very green. Brilliant. Okay. And um, Sheikh Abdulaziz? The deen is green, but the Muslims aren't. Mm. Um, very controversial. But can you elaborate on that, please? I think um, some of the things that uh, Tanzil and Sheikh Amr have mentioned are well known, but the implications of those are not taken forward. Um, perhaps I could just, if I could quote, quote one of the people that influenced me the most when I look at a question like this, is a man called Gus Seth, who is a, an American scientist and lawyer. He said, I used to think the top environmental problems were biodiversity, loss, ecosystem collapse, and climate change. I thought that 30 years of good science, we could address these problems. But I was wrong. The top environmental problems are selfishness, greed, and apathy. And what he's saying there is that he's talking as an environmentalist is that the science is not going to solve the problems. He said that 30 years, he thought 30 years of good science we can solve the problems of the world, but they're not. The, they're not going to solve the, work, the problems of the world. The problems are, in his words, selfishness greed and apathy. Now that reflects what the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. He says, "Ma min muslim yakhrizu gharsan aw yazra'u zar'an fa ya'kulu minhu tayran aw insan aw bahima illa kana lahu sadaqa." He says that no muslim plants a tree or um, plants a tree or cultivates a piece of land and and a bird eats from it or a child or a person eats from it or an animal eats from it except that this is counted as charity. So here you can see that the, the essence of the deen is about making us better people and relating in a better way to the world and the creator of that world. And the, Sheikh Amr mentioned that particular verse, but actually we can go back to the very first verse of the Qur'an and one that we read in every single prayer when we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Rabbil Alameen means Lord of the worlds, but the word Rabb actually means to bring a thing to the to its point of perfection. So the Lord of the worlds means the one who makes the world grow to perfection and the only one only only th thing that stops it from going to perfection are those who oppose him those who oppose him those who oppose god and that's us so in nijayan fil ardi khalifa that allah has made us as, as khalifa but at the same time we're not fulfilling that role as khalifa so the deen is green but the muslims aren't so essentially we're doing our day-to-day -day. we think we're good muslims we're fasting we're praying and um, we're doing hajj etc but we're not really fulfilling the absolute essence of our deen in your opinion it's very easy for me i mean i just mentioned sent out a text message the other day saying i'm traveling tomorrow anyone like to give charity everybody gives charity if i were to say anybody like to plant a tree tomorrow do you think anyone's going to send a text message back saying yeah where of course sheikh i'll, I'll be there no, that's not the case. We've misunderstood what the deen is about, that it's very easy to do the easy bits. The easy bits is praying, fasting, and all of that stuff. The difficult bits is fulfilling our responsibility to the world, fulfilling our responsibility to other people, and truly fulfilling our responsibility to Allah, not just um, 
fulfilling some of the commandments, which are the easy ones of praying and fasting. Thank you very much for that. So you're listening to Radio Ramadan 365 on 1530. So some of the key things that we've touching, um, that we've been touching upon as a role um, as Khalifa um, is the verses um, of the Quran and prophetic sunnah um, talking about us um, being green. Now even the colour in itself, um, I kind of came across some interesting things that the Prophet's dome is green. Um, and then the... Ayahs, the word itself, I mean, it means a verse of the Qur'an, but it also means um, nature. Um, and, I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the Qur'an over and over again to, you know, ponder and reflect um, upon nature. And Sheikh Amr, you had mentioned this in um, one of the Hikam Atala Iskandari's Hikams as well, um, where you, you were saying to just get away from society regularly on a weekly basis and just to go out um, into nature. Now, did you realise that this was... Um, essentially you being green or was this something that kind of came out of one of those hikams? Um, I don't think I consciously was doing it um, to be green. Um, I think it was more to do with uh, spiritual development. Um, But um, as Sheikh Sheikh Abdulaziz is saying, it is entwined with um, character. Um, If if, um, you become uh, a compassionate person, then you and you you just don't think about yourself. You start thinking about um, your actions, how they impact on other people, on other things, on the environment, and so on. And obviously, we know Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the most compassionate of people. Um, so his his mercy uh, transcended uh, just human beings. It went on to um, animals and um, and the environment. And we we even know hadith where animals um, complain to the Prophet Wasallam. So I think um, I wasn't consciously thinking about that, but um, I suppose if we if we were um, doing all the different facets of our scene, then it would probably come naturally to us. I don't think we'd have to have a special show on this. Um, it would just be some parcel, parcel, part and parcel of the way we are um, and the way we live our lives. So Sister Tanzila, just touching on something that Sheikh Abdulaziz just said, that we are, our religion is green, um, and Muslims are not. What's um, from your kind of interaction with some of the community and the work that um, some projects are doing? What's your um, thoughts on that? Um, I think forget looking at other people, even my own self. I didn't have that when I didn't have that awareness, and I wasn't so conscious about my consequences of my actions on this earth. I was like that too. So I I wasn't one of those green Muslims that you refer to, Sheikh. Um, and I think a lot of that is just to do with awareness. When you don't know something, you you're you're just ignorant of it. You don't actually know that you're doing anything wrong. And when Sheikh Amr was talking about how you know we Sheikh, Sheikh Abdulaziz was saying the easy things that we do, some of these things that we find easy, like charity, fasting, and all of that. It is easy probably because it's been ingrained in us, it's been taught to us, it's, it's around us, we discuss it, we do it, everyone around us is doing it, so we follow suit and, and this is this becomes our deen, this is the essence of our deen because this is what we know it to be. But I think discussions that we're having today and having this show and, and raising that awareness and just the whole, you know, the government initiative of the CCF and everybody, every organisation is now um, understanding what it's all about, that has brought about the awareness um, to to, to Muslims and then making that link is what we need to really kind of understand this is the core of our deen and when you realise that then you will educate yourself on this topic a lot more and, and naturally then you know the, the amal and the actions will follow. Okay so in terms of making that link um, Sheikh Abdulaziz what do you think we can do um, as Muslims as 
people that are propagating this way of life? What can we more do more to make that link between Muslims and our deen? I think the question you started with to Sheikh Amr about whether he deliberately went out to 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 the to the, the be in touch with the environment, I think is quite important because if you think about it, the first Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was cutting off from the society, cutting himself away, and then reflecting, and that's when the revelation came to him in the cave of Hira. And if you look at how this is the month of Qur'an, it's the month of connecting to the Qur'an, but we need to go one step deeper than that because it says in the Qur'an, that this is a book which is guidance for the for the righteous. And then the first thing, description, that they, that they believe in the unseen. And what's meant by Sayyidina Ahmed Rifai, he says about this verse, that what's meant by seeing... Um, Believing in the unseen is reflecting on the scene and then being able to, to take messages from that. And that's why going out into the to the into the into the into the world, going out into the environment, enjoying the the, the green spaces, enjoying the countryside, this is the first point. And one of the problems that I found in, in Glasgow, when I first came to Glasgow, I was I was out every weekend. And it was it was very rare to find anybody to go with me. Alhamdulillah, twenty years later, it's much better. And you know, from the initiatives that Tanzila's described, and people like Tanzila, who've got got very enthused by by engaging with the world and engaging with other people, other tree huggers. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're moving forward. But the first step is to go beyond the literal and to get in touch with. With, with being able to see beyond the literal and the only way to do that is to, to get in touch with the grass get in touch with the water and that's why when the Prophet ﷺ talked about anger for example he said sit on the ground and the commentators on this doesn't mean uh, d- said sit down it, it doesn't mean sit on the, on, the, on the chair which is what most people think it actually means sit on the ground so you can touch the ground you can touch the ground so your human nature which is from the ground touches the ground that it came from so you can get in touch with can get, can get that feeling and tree hugging touching the ground sitting on the grass looking at the lakes these are the first points and then from there wanting to preserve that um, feeling and wanting to preserve that planet so your advice would definitely be that if you're not out there enjoying those natural resources that Allah SWT has um, um, created for us, we won't get to the preservation level because no. we're not interacting with them. Absolutely. If your focus is on kebabs, that's what your focus will be on. Hmm. If your focus on is on getting out to the, to the mountains and enjoying the ground, uh, get, uh, enjoying the planet, you'll enjoy the planet. And unfortunately, uh, it's much easier for us to say, you fancy a kebab? And it is to say, do you fancy a walk? Mm. And that's where, the, when I said the Muslims are not are not green, one of the problems is is because our focus is on, you know, as I say, on kebabs and samosa. Mm. You know, Sheikh, you've just reminded me of something when I was once travelling in Kashmir and those big kind of the the mountains and beautiful scenery. And I remember travelling along and and everything was stunning. And we were at this kind of hilltop bit when we looked down and there was a road and there was this huge truck a man-made truck with a man-made colours on it and it was just such a stark difference of the beauty we'd seen in that journey in this big truck and and I, and I always think that now we are just surrounded by man-made things all the time whether it's the, the buildings that we're around the things we sit on the things we touch the our phones that we look at the pictures we see everything is just so artificial and when you actually go out 
and see what the real, real earth and, and real dunya that Allah's created is, there's so much beauty in it and it brings about that calm in the mind because the mind is just so like foggied up with all with all the other things that we're seeing in c- continuous spaces. Mm, brilliant. Uh-huh. Um, Sheikh Amr, I'd just like to ask you a question on the Sharia objectives. Um, how do you think they link um, with this topic um, today? Um, well, obviously, we, we know from the maqasid of Sharia, the five kind of higher objectives of Sharia, um, one of them is, is haya, is, is life, uh, so preservation of, of life. Um, and so, obviously, we, we understand that as human life, but also um, this would uh, also include like um, uh, animal life, uh, plant life. Like I said, like I mentioned the hadith about not killing an animal. Um, without due purpose, it has to have a purpose to it. Um, and also, um, we know of, of like just ethics, like for example, uh, war ethics. We know that um, we're not supposed to cut down trees um, for for uh, an unnecessary reason. So um, even in those kind of situations, extreme situations, um, there is that kind of consideration given to to the environment. Um, so I think it's it does. Um, it's like Sheikh Abdulaziz was saying. It's, it's kind of, it's it's interspaced within. Isn't, there's no like apart from what I was saying about my teacher writing a whole book on it and gathering everything together before that or before these books were written. It's kind of interspaced within all our hadith literature. So you'll find hadith like the one he mentioned uh, about um, you know a Muslim doesn't plant a tree or sow seeds and uh, someone takes benefit from it or an animal that is regarded as other. So we don't tend to think of sadaqah like that, so we tend to think of sadaqah as giving five, ten pounds to a charity It's going to a person who's going to uh, utilise that. We don't think of it as um, planting a tree which other things will uh, will benefit from. Um, so, I mean, it's just a simple thing like, you know, having a food tree, you know, planting a fruit tree. If you're going to plant a tree in your house, um, just think of planting a fruit tree. Even if you don't make use of the fruit, the, the fact is that the, the birds will eat from it uh, and so on, and also that's important to to educate your, your children from a young age. That that's why we're doing that, so that it also helps other creatures. Um, and so another thing is that um, when when uh, Sheikh Abdul is talking about walking, um, I'm actually really surprised the amount of speakers that come from outside Glasgow um, and actually talk about you're you're such a beautiful country. You're in Scotland, Dr. Omar uh, Farouk. I remember saying it as well and encouraging us and. And just speaking to people about how often they, they, they go out up north and everyone said the same, kind of the same thing that you know we should be doing more um, we don't really go out as much and so I think that's that thing of what Tanzila saying that inculcating that habit of getting out and about and we do actually live in a really amazing uh, place I think there was an article a while ago about I think Scotland being ranked really high up in terms of beautiful scenery but we're just not connecting with that and, and uh, everyone knows the difference if you've ever done wudu from a stream and prayed in a rock it's very different from praying on carpet so one of the things I like to do is it's a nice day uh, I'll go outside and pray in the grass and um, obviously if you're doing that your children will ask you why you're doing that and you explain look you know we're from the earth we're connecting to the earth by standing on it it's a nice day it's not raining so why not pray on the earth um, but it's like uh, Zila was saying there's so many man-made things around us I mean if I just look at this, some of the houses around me there's artificial grass, you know, so even mm-hmm. things which are like we're kind of give, a given, people.
people are going away from that and can't be bothered cutting the grass. So they've just been artificial grass down. So everything's becoming kind of artificial um, around us. But definitely, um, I think we we should be out and about more. And I think if you think of, like we're talking about the Quran in Ramadan, how much of the Quran is about reflecting uh, on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation um, on the moon and the sun and just um, uh, creation around us. And the thing is, if we're always in this concrete jungle, we can't appreciate that. But as soon as you get out and you start walking about, you start to see that. Um, and we know the, the numerous benefits of this uh, in terms of well-being, anxiety, and, so, and et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, something that if we were doing more of it, and it is, there is a lot more, I think um, I would I would say we'd go for walks, but then also um, reflect on those verses that Allah Subhanahu talks about the, the creation. So when you're in creation and you're reading those verses, it has a, a bigger impact. And also just understanding that everything alive around us is glorifying Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So the trees, the plants, everything around us is is making tasbih of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But we don't obviously understand that. No, Bijamin. So just touching upon some of the things that we've already covered. So we've we've talked about how our deen is essentially very green. We've talked about the role of Khalifa and guardians, ayahs versus what they mean, planting trees and not destroying them, enjoying nature and kind of Sharia objectives. Um, we know, um, we've already touched upon the fact that praying and fasting and sadaqah and hajj we're all really really well versed in that and and you know it's drummed to us as children from a young age and um, all the shows talk about it all the khutbahs talk about it etc etc um what what first of all um to my guess what do you do to personally fulfill those obligations and then what can some of our listeners do who are beginning to realize do you know what this is my faith I think it's it's very small things. Um, just taking recycling seriously, for example, um, taking care about uh, you know picking up litter. You know, every, these are small things, but if we all did them, we'd make a massive impact on on society. Okay, Sister Tanzila. I think yeah, I'd agree with you, Sheikh. Just um, it's the small things that we might think are small, but in essence, when you put them all together, they are they're actually they make a huge. Uh, impact and you were saying, you know, what what are you doing um, to kind of fulfil your obligation? It is an obligation, and me myself, I haven't done as much as I could, and I think that's that's the awareness. So it starts off with just being aware that I'm not doing as much as I should be doing, um, being conscious of the uh, the consequences of what I'm doing. So if I do, if I choose not to throw that into the recycling and I'm putting it into my bin, that's that's something I've done, and that's going to have an impact. That's going to have an effect. Um, so what what I tend to do is just kind of slowly change little habits at a time, one thing at a time. So just looking at my trolley in the supermarket, one day I would think, oh, what have I done here? And then maybe after a few months, there's a change in, in what I've bought. It might not be a huge change, but there's an effect that, there's an effect that kind of happens over time. Um, so yeah, just my use of plastic is something that I've very conscious of because we have a lot of fruit and veg at home and sometimes I'll pick up something from the supermarket not being conscious that that's not recyclable and bringing it home it's only when I open it up that I realise what have I done and then the next time around I'll go and I'll try and be more aware but that won't always happen there'll be multiple trips to the supermarket before I realise right I'm not going to go for that I'm going to go for the loose veg instead and pick that up Um, but then there's certain favourites that my kids might have and I'll inadvertently without even thinking just pick up that thing again and so it's it's a process and I think what's important to to realise is that it's a, a journey that we're all on and that journey some people are going to be you know steaming ahead some people are going to be going really slow but as long as we're taking steps and just being mindful of various aspects of our lives um, definitely that, that helps 
some interesting things that you've touched upon there, Sister Nzila. First of all, is a role as parents, um, you know, in terms of being able to make effective change. Um, we can't work on global goals if we can't actually sort out our own households um, and starting off with our own families and our own children. Um, so that's really, really interesting. And I think everybody um, around the room here and all, everybody is um, a parent um, to young children. And it is a big, big responsibility. My daughter was doing um, an assembly on climate change yesterday and she was so excited about it. And I actually got permission from the school to go and listen. And when we went grocery shopping last week, she said to me, right, mum, we're not going to buy any plastic. And then we went through the food and veg aisle and there was hardly anything that was loose. And she was really disappointed. And she said to me, you know what more could she do? And she's eight. And I was—I must admit, I was a little bit ashamed because I had not thought of that myself. Do you know, I, I, without even thinking, and I'm in this line of work, I pick up the, the pa- prepackaged um, fruit, etc. And she was making, my eight-year-old was making me um, aware of this. Um, the other interesting thing that you've touched upon is our own personal accountability. And I guess our dean is all about accountability in terms of working up to the final day and 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 you know present being presented with your deeds um, whatever they are and I guess we just don't have that um same realization um um Sheikh Abdulaziz would you like to um touch upon that a little bit more yeah we're going to be asked about every little thing that we do uh even the uh, an atom's weight of action uh, if it's good, you'll see it, and if it's bad, you'll see it. And that atom weight uh, is actually in, in, in the Arabic word, it refers to a mustard seed. So that isn't an insignificant uh, description that the Quran uses. That even an atom seed of good, atom, uh, um, a mustard seed of good, you'll you'll be taken to account for it. So every little thing. So that plastic bottle that you throw away going to be asked about it and if you start to work at that level you start to become much more conscious of god you become more conscious of your relationship with him you become more relation more conscious of your relationship with the with the world and with the community and with with others who are feeling the same way because we can't do it on our own the starting point is to take this this uh, improve our consciousness but likewise in the end it's political uh, decisions that need to be made and we need to forge alliances with people who think the same as we do and that's why the first stage is to look after ourselves and we'll be accountable for that but likewise when we're involved in uh, socio-political engagement we need to, to, to choose our allies to work with people who have similar goals which are high aspirations for this planet so what you're saying there actually resonates with me so you're saying about taqwa god consciousness that shouldn't be when you're just in prayer mm-hmm. that should be with every single thing that you do so whether, whether it's buying something of plastic or whether it's a political decision that you're making i mean with the kind of local elections coming up you know that's that's very very timely um let's see if we've got brother um kamran shazad on now assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh brother First of all, apologies for uh, the technical difficulties. You are um, an expert in this field and we're only just getting to you at 11.38. Would you um, start us off with an introduction to you and um, you've hopefully been listening to the show and some of the things that we've touched upon, inshallah? Uh, Yeah, um, my name is uh, Kamran Shazad. I'm the sustainability lead for the Sultan Bahu Mosque in Birmingham and also the climate change advisor to the mosques and imams national advice board nationally. We need you in Glasgow, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I would (laughs) love Scotland, so, um, uh, you know, I'd I'd be happy. And and also, um, 
my uh, beef with Sheikh Abdulaziz is we don't see him in Birmingham as much as we used to. <laughs> yeah, I just realised when 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 you, when uh, I heard your voice, it's that yeah, it's come wrong. Well, I was just thinking it was somebody local, but now, well, how are you doing? <laughs> we can carry this conversation another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Brother Cameron, how did you, uh, I mean, what are some of the things that we've touched upon? How, how would you demonstrate to our listeners that our dean is green? Um, and what are um, what are some of the kind of key um, themes that are important for you to relay? Um, I, I missed the first 15 minutes of the show, so apologies if I repeat anything. Um, I agree with a lot of what I've already heard. I mean, it's important to for us as Muslims to understand that environmentalism is a um, a separate thing from the deen is very much part of our religion. It's ingrained um, at the moment. Um, you know, you have to convince people. Or we, we, as Muslims, we've we've lost that connection with nature over the last hundred years or so. Um, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Maybe because of materialism and consumerism all around us that we just get involved in things and stuff. Um, but especially in the last four or five years, I've been studying a lot more in the beam. And every day I learn more and more um, from an environmental perspective. And it just excites me even more. So the Quran and the Sunnah, I mean, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I think is the biggest environmentalist. Um, uh, there, there's so many uh, hadith around sustainability, the way we eat, the way we travel the way we do things, um, even in the Qur'an, and sometimes they're in our face, and we just don't realize it. And I'll give you an example of uh, the story of Surah, uh, uh, of the Sayyidina Nuh, salam, you know, where uh, quite often the story we take from that, or the lesson we take, that if you don't, if you don't um, believe in God, then Allah Salaam will cleanse the earth and start again. But the other side um, to the story is that Allah Salaam asked Sayyidina Nuh, salam, to take all the animals uh, and there's a huge lesson in biodiversity in that. That it's these mm-hmm. animals that um, sustain the world. Um, uh, and at the moment, I mean, you must have seen all the news that where biodiversity is, you know, in uh, in some serious danger, and that has an impact on our food, on uh, on our sustainability. So there, there's so much more. I mean, if you, if you pick, if you open the Quran. On any page, you will find a reference to to nature or the environment. So it's very exciting. What I found was actually quite interesting and my source book is a book by Rianne C. Tinveen who's an environmentalist sister that's, who's a reaver and the book's called 199 Ways to Please God um, and when I was involved in the work that I did at Al-Mizan I actually gave that to a lot of the, the teachers there who were all teaching Quran, who were all teaching Hadith um, and that link essentially wasn't being made and I, I really, really hope um, some people have learned um, from that book and that book actually made me realise that my deen and what we are the work that I was involved in was was the one and the same and it's what actually made me passionate it's what made me um, not leave that line of work in a nine-to-five role and actually go home and try and implement that um, in my personal life now um, brother um, Cameron mentioned um, about mosques now a fact of the day the UK's first eco mosque opened in Cambridge um, just last month in April and the architect behind it said it was UK's first green mosque and it was a cultural bridge for Islam in Britain in this century. Um, and the interesting things about it is that it has um, zero carbon on-site emissions, rainwater harvesting and air source heat pumps. 
all interesting things that none of our other mosques do. We're not even focusing on some of our basics. So, Brother Kamran, can you tell us about some work that you've been involved in? I mean, this is obviously the month of mosques when people are visiting a lot more. It's the month of Quran. Um, what are some What are some of the things that are being done or could be done? Um, it's a good question. I mean, first of all, many congratulations to the Cambridge Eco it's important that the mosques and the imams play a leading role because they are they are or can be community influencers. If people see them doing things, then they'll want to replicate things at home or they see it's very much part of their being. Uh, here in, in Birmingham, um, at the Sultan Bahu Mosque, uh, we've been working on environmental issues now for about four years. Um, and it started with a group of volunteers who tried to do local initiatives, and they were not working so well because nobody was interested. So they, uh, so we started with designing some training for our imams, um, and so we now have uh, training on environmental issues, so that imams actually um, have a full understanding of what issues are. Because the, uh, one of the other criticisms of the environmental sector is uh, there's too much jargon. Uh, whether we talk about carbon footprint or even climate change or carbon neutrality, and it puts people off. So simplifying the language for our imams and other local people. Um, since then, um, the mosque has um, banned all single-use plastic. Alhamdulillah. Uh, um, the Sultan Bahu Mosque has 22 mosques around the country. Uh, 16 of them are now um, uh, use renewable energy. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, clean, green energy. Um, they do. Uh, they they also. I believe they're the first mosque to introduce Islam and the environment into their Islamic study syllabus. Um, so children are learning about sustainable transport, food, energy, uh, the na- natural environment. Uh, so it's very much part of what they're learning in in the mosque. Um, and so various other initiatives that are taking place in them. Plastic is a big one, and we've actually got a whole um, episode on plastics in a couple of weeks' time, as it's such a, a big issue. And I know, um, from a personal point of view, in, in Ramadan, I, I, when I, whenever I go for Tarawi, um, first of all, lots of um, bottles of water are being given out to mosques free from what I understand for um, the uh, um, people coming in to pray which is a noble cause in itself but when we kind of you know get behind deeper behind it everybody can bring in um, a reusable bottle Um, I know I learned I I used to use a plastic bottle quite regularly Um, and there's actually toxins there's there's single use plastic for a reason there's actually toxins in them which start to kind of seep into the water um, so you're not meant to reuse them um, a couple of times and that completely put me off and I stopped and um, I've got a a metal um, container bottle but then on the other side there's the mess that people leave behind as well. They come in, they read Tarawi, they grab, they grab the bottle of water, and then they're left everywhere. And it's shocking to see. So it's really, really interesting to see some mosques that are leading by example. Hopefully, Brother Kamran, you and Sheikh Abdulaziz can bring that movement up to Scotland and Glasgow particularly. Um, we'd love to, we'd love to see that here. Um, Sheikh Abdulaziz is very correct in saying we have to make uh, political alliances because a plastic is very cheap and it's convenient. So in in today's very fast-paced world, it's a lot easier for us to buy what we call cheap water and bottles, or then, and it's convenient because we don't have to carry it around for us. 
And it's only when the government legislates or changes the rules on how plastic is dealt with, it's difficult to move forward to, um, to something that's more sustainable. But I do believe there will be attacks on single-use plastic coming out next year. So hopefully that will have some impact. Just before we come into the show, um, one of my researchers sent an interesting article with The Guardian, and I hadn't realised this. The developed countries, particularly the US, um, send their cheap plastic that they can't recycle to a lot of the developing countries and places in Malaysia and Thailand and Indonesia. There's there's villages that have within a year just been turned into dumping sites. And that does not sit right with me. I mean, you're supposed to want for your... Um, Muslim brother or sister what you want for yourself that we are sending our rubbish um, to other countries and um, it was a positive story in the fact that countries uh, have come together to say that the country that they're sending it to will have a final say and it took China um, to say that they weren't going to take waste from developed countries uh, in order for that movement to start but you're right we've got a very very important role um, to, to play in a political realm so we've only got about five minutes of the show left so I would like to move on um, with the guests and basically um, ask them their final thoughts um, on what our listeners can do. So we've had some amazing tips already for those that are thinking, this is the month, this is it, I'm going to start and actually align the two together. What are some key things that our listeners can do that are quite simple um, and can build momentum? Um, I would say just to start small, don't think of anything as insignificant. So just look at your daily one day. You know what is it that I do? What is it that I contribute to waste that I could perhaps start to cut back on? And even if you don't cut out completely, that's that's you know still a journey, and it's, you're still benefiting in some way. So. I think just look at one day and it's not it's not difficult to really clue yourself up on what you can be doing because you just need to go onto Google, go onto YouTube or whatever um, and you know, you'll, you'll find something beneficial that you can do. And the other point that I'd just like to add there is I have personally benefited from having people around me that are very conscious of the, the, the eco life that they're leading. So I've got a friend who whenever we're out, you know, we're homeschoolers, so when we are out for a picnic with all the kids, she'll bring a compostable bag with her and take everybody's peels of fruits and everything else. And just Mashallah. watching her do that, that she brings that bag along for everybody else, I can't then go home and go and chuck my stuff somewhere else. I can't because I'm surrounding myself with people that are very conscious and aware and that helps me be aware. So that's something that perhaps mm-hmm. people could do. So make little change and surround yourself with good people. And out of um, my daughter's assembly yesterday, they actually played a theme song called Teaspoon of Change. And it was basically saying, if the ethos was if everybody puts a teaspoon of sugar into their cup of coffee and on a global level, little change can have a big, big impact, which was really, I mean, it was powerful for, for the children. Um, Sheikh Abdulaziz, your final thoughts? Um, I think, because uh, you introduced me to Sheikh, maybe I should finish with a verse of Quran. <laughs> so, the one verse of Quran that I think we should try and remember from this month is where Allah says, Wala Do not waste, because Allah does not like wasters. And this, if the only verse that we take from Ramadan moving forward is that Allah doesn't love us if we're going to be those kind of people who throw who take single use plastic bottles thinking that this is a good thing we've just broken our fast let's drink water and and then throw it in the in the bin or throw it out and leave it in in the street Allah doesn't love you Allah does not he says specifically if so you think that we're going to get close to Allah by just praying it's not enough 
and then just to reiterate what Sister Tanzila and yourself and the Comranas uh, have the small things but get the right people around you and if we get together and with this attitude we'll, we'll win we'll succeed Inshallah and Brother Cameron um, yeah just to to add um, to that last point about uh, wastage uh, quite often I find that when we we, we do, we'll do five times a day and we waste so much water in uh, when we're doing a wudu and uh, in the name of worship and our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used uh, a mud which is a, a cupful which is, uh, to do one entire wudu so i would say uh, if you start at your wudu and then that will form part of your your worship you will start becoming more conscious about uh, your wastage in your everyday life and gain allah's favor and there is a narration um, of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam scolding a Sahabi who was um, beside the riverbank um, doing wudu. And you would think, riverbank, you know, excess water, how could you do israf or wastage there? But he was told off. And we have abun- an abundance of resources on our, our doorstep, and particularly water. We're very blessed to live in a country where we have access to clean um, drinking water. And I mean, after the, the torrential rain that we had yesterday, we've got an abundance of it everywhere. We don't have to worry about watching our plants or anything. And you're right, Brother Cameron, it's something that we, we actually really do take lightly. I mean, you go to the bathroom in a mosque after a few people have, have done with the war, even after a kid's Quran class, and the floor's swimming, um, swimming um, in water. And it, it's something we do a few times a day um, and it's such a scarce resource. I mean, there are countries that are um, massively running out. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on a lot more of that in tomorrow's show, which we're focusing on some of the kind of global problems and climate change. But I um, watched a documentary um, in, for, from Pakistan, which was saying in Karachi that the water's running out. And some places were only getting water once or twice a week. And there was one particular lady who had a disabled daughter and she didn't have access to water to clean her daughter. It was easier for her to buy second-hand clothing and just change her every time she required. And she was getting infestation and various other things. And that broke my heart. And there was wealthy people um, in the same place who were flying in bottles of water for their swimming pools. And that that level of justice just didn't sit right with me for a resource that we have so abundantly um, in this country. Um, so can, I, can I just add to that of course. point? Uh, not just Pakistan, but the the chief executive of the Environment Agency in the UK only last month said that in 25 years' time, we're looking at running out of water in the UK and we seriously need to change our relationship with how we use, how we use water in this country. So Mashallah. we're also facing that issue. Who would have thought after the amount of rain that we get in Glasgow that we'd be running out of water in this country? So it's a problem on our own doorsteps. We don't have to, yeah. to go very far. So... Um, I would like to end with um, two particular hadiths and touching upon what most people have said. So Prophet ﷺ, when asked which deed was most beloved to God, he said the one that is continuous even if little. And that's that's kind of the key theme that's been coming out from, from everybody's conversations. Um, and secondly, Abdullah ibn Masood reported that the Messenger of God ﷺ said, Beware of the sins that are seen as insignificant, for they will keep accumulating until they destroy a man. Um, we will leave you with those thoughts. We... Um, Jazakallah khair to all of our guests. Apologies for the technical issues. We really hope you enjoyed the first show on Green Dean. Please do tune in every week. Um, you're listening to Radio Ramadan 365 on 1530 AM.